0: It's Jackson Hole this week. Is this where the central bankers get together and decide whether they're going to be aggressive with interest rates or really aggressive? That seems to be the only two options they have, considering the the, the work they've been doing so far is doing little to slow inflation. In the UK and Canada, they are still out shopping, possibly the same for New Zealand. We'll find out today. And producer prices in Germany have skyrocketed. So if central banks think the only way to fix that is through interest rates, they're going to have to do a lot more of it, it seems. And the markets are responding accordingly. It is Monday the 22nd of August 2022 it's the morning call from NAB good morning Well, the US dollar was up 0.6% on Friday on the DXY and almost 2.5% up over the week last week. The Aussie was one of the hardest hit. It was down 0.6% on Friday and lost 3.5% last week, finishing at 68.75 US cents. Uh, The yen was down 0.8% on Friday, with the dollar gaining 2.7% over it over the week last week. And the pound was knocked down uh, almost 0.9% on Friday, 2.5% over the week. So it was a big week for currency moves, but basically dollar strength was the message. And some big bond movements too. Yields up a lot on Friday, up nine basis points for 10-year Treasuries, up 13 for German Buns, 10 for 10-year Gilts. Uh, Most of Europe, in fact, was 13 or 14 basis points higher on Friday. Aussie 10-year yields only moved about four basis points up over the week, finishing at 3.42%, but six basis points higher since then on futures. And shares finishing down on Friday. A 2% drop in the NASDAQ was the worst of it. And even uh, though there were some gains earlier in the week, Not enough to stop a 2.6% fall over the week. The same uh, week saw a 1.2% drop in the S&P 500, just a 0.2% drop in the Dow. Uh, Pretty much the same in Europe. The US Stocks 50 lost 1.25% on Friday, uh, which is the losses it made for the week as a whole as well. Whereas at home, the ASX 200 managed a 1.2% gain over the week last week. And oil continues to oscillate. Up 0.3% for WTI on Friday, just 0.1% up for Brent. But it was down 1.5% over the week. So uh, was last week the week when things started to turn a bit? Here's NAB's Rodrigo Catrill in Sydney. Uh, Rodrigo, four weeks of weekly gains on US equities, and then that all came screaming to a halt last week, didn't it? We've got yields pushing higher, the US dollar gaining even more strength, the yen getting even weaker. What's happening? It's as though the markets have started listening to central banks and they're thinking, oh, maybe they're serious about all this.
1: <laughs> Morning, Phil. Yes, there's, there's that sort of sinking feeling coming again. Um, there, yep. um, there, when you look at the price action on Friday, there, there wasn't really a catalyst as such. Um, um, but there, there's a general feeling ahead of Jackson Hole, of course, this week. Um, yeah. That markets are really sort of paying a little bit more attention to to what the Fed has been trying to tell us, uh, particularly in the, in the past uh, week or so, um, that, that they're not yet done and that there's still a lot more work to be done in terms of this fight against inflation. Um, and then, of course, um, it's probably also worth highlighting that on and during the European session, we also had uh, data releases that have done little to dissuade us from from the fact that the the fight against inflation is nearly done. Um, in particular, we had that PPI uh, coming from Germany, which surprised yes. the upside. It was huge. you know thirty seven percent on a year on year basis. Uh, and the market was looking for a rise to 31.8. So it's a big, big overshoot in that sense. And again, right. the, yeah. the story coming from the UK. Which five point on that,
0: just before we get on to the UK, 5.3% month on month. was yes. even just as steady. It was expected to be 0.6% like it was the, the previous month. So 5.3% in a month. This is the largest rise since 1949. So, yes. I mean, certainly a sign that inflation is still there and, if anything, getting much worse.
1: It is. And, you know, uh, some have tried to say to cushion it as well. It's not that bad because it's all about energy. And you go like, yes, that might be the case. But if you look at gas prices, (laughs) the sky rocketing again. So uh, the number, the number that we've seen uh, in in July may well be repeated in August, or at least it will be just just as bad. Uh, So... Um, this notion that um, you know inflation is running rampant, um, and, and and therefore central banks need to be aggressive and, and they need to bring it yeah. down.
0: I think you're going to talk about UK retail sales, which I mean that that is definitely a case of the uh, good news is bad news, isn't it? Because there's yet more resilience being shown in the in in the UK market. You know, people are still spending.
1: That's right. So um, and I suppose again, people are trying to sort of make sense of this, and says well, there were some subsidies and support given to to consumers, so. Um, we shouldn't sort of extrapolate the number, but the reality is that uh, um, so far the, the UK economy has proven to be quite resilient. But uh, nevertheless, given the huge rises on in inflation, given the huge rises that are still yet expected in terms of those energy costs, um, it seems reasonable to you know, endorse what the Bank of England is saying, that uh, the, the UK economy needs to be ready for a severe slowdown um, that is, is likely to come uh, later in the year. Uh, but in the meantime, inflation, again, is is, is hugely elevated. And, and therefore, even though the economy is likely to slow down, central banks uh, will, will look to to increase the, the, the cash rate in order to bring that inflation to heel. So
0: does, do, do people bring sales forward, though? I'm thinking, you know, if you know that inflation is only going to get worse and you've got a bit of money aside and you're being told that things are only going to get worse, you're going to go shopping, aren't you, before the prices go up?
1: Well, in, in in sort of economic theory, the idea is that if you have a little bit of inflation around that two to three percent level, uh, it instigates activity. So, as you say, you think, "Oh, I better buy the car that I always wanted sooner rather than later, because prices will go up uh, even more." Um, but when when inflation starts getting out of control and, and it becomes hugely elevated, um, then uh, it, it it actually creates a, a an end to activity because people just say well I can no longer afford to buy things and now I need to look right. at essentials but first but that's not
0: happening but that's not happening yet, is it it's not, so it's not happening in the UK it was the same deal in Canada retail sales were up 1.1% month on month Now some of this might be because prices are higher of course but 11% up year on year we had New Zealand credit card spending uh, up as well in July up 4.9% year on year from 3.9% the month before it seems wherever you're looking everyone is going shopping despite the fact that we're told inflation is getting worse and we're all looking for an economic downturn right around the corner?
1: Well, I suppose this is where um, Ray in particular has been very good at kind of delivering this message in the sense that we need to remember that because we are at full employment, because inflation is so elevated, part of the solution is to actually slow down the economy and and actually see an increase in unemployment. So in order to bring that sort of overconsumption, if you like, against the backdrop of limited supply uh, to to slow down. Um, So... Um, the mm. lift in the cash rate, it, it is actually intended to slow down the economy. And unfortunately,
0: it also means that that employment rate w- will have to rise. So the better these numbers are, the better retail sales numbers are, the more central banks are going to have to do. So we get uh, New Zealand retail sales later on this week. Uh, I mean, and, you know, as I've said, the credit card numbers are, are looking up. So what happens there? You know, if you've got a country which is steeped in household debt and interest rate at 3%, what does the RBNZ do if those retail sales numbers show that they are increasing? Well,
1: I suppose this is is the thing with New Zealand. We've got to remember New Zealand is ahead of us in terms of this tightening cycle. And it really is one of the canary in the coal mines in the sense that um, their strategy here is to continue hiking and take the cash rate into restrictive mode in order to slow down the economy given these inflationary pressures. Um, uh, Governor O made it very clear that, that they're not afraid to do that and that they see this as part of the solution. So um, if, if this pattern gets repeated in other places, like as you say, in Canada – and as we've seen as well in Europe, uh, we, we need to brace ourselves for, for high, high high cash rates. Right, and
0: they will all be getting together in Jackson Hole and all colluding on this. They'll all be getting uh, making sure they're, they're, they're passing out the hymn sheets and making sure everyone's singing from it in the same fashion, presumably. That's what's going to happen this weekend, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah, it's, and, and I suppose this is the thing when you talk about those, those last four weeks that we've seen equity markets and risk sentiment being well supported – um, one of the big factors of that has been this or maybe wrong perception uh, after the July meeting that the, the, the Fed was looking to pivot. The Fed was becoming a bit more relaxed about its fight against inflation. Uh, but now the message is obviously being no, it's not the case. And we've seen that reversal in sentiment. So uh, we, we think, or uh, to some extent, the, the market appears to be bracing itself for, for that message coming from Fed Chair Powell on
0: on on Jackson Hole this week. Well, let's hope, well, so, so it's unlikely then that we're going to see uh, any reversal on the position that we're starting the week off with, in that case, isn't it? But a very different story, of course. While the Fed's talking up rates, China's going the other way. So we're expecting the uh, PBOC today to announce cuts to their one- and five-year loan prime rates because, uh, you know, as we said before, they're a very different states. They're still locking down from COVID. The economy is very sluggish. Uh, they're a long way from where we are. But interesting, isn't it, that they are going completely in the opposite
1: direction? Yes, and, and worth highlighting as well that in terms of sort of this risk aversion that we had on Friday and, and the, the broad support that the US dollar had, uh, the weakening of the CNY was actually a, a contributing factor to that on, on Friday as well. Uh, as you mentioned, um, mm. You know, the, the Chinese economy is in a very different situation. Um, and last week, we had that surprise cut to the medium term facility. Um, and given this backdrop of um, not only a slowdown in the economy, but also, as you say, the Beijing COVID, zero COVID, zero COVID policy, And also the fact that China is is not immune to this issue around energy. There's a lot of headlines, uh, particularly in recent days, about the the heat wave that China is enduring, the need to um, um, cut down on energy consumption as well um given that there's just not enough uh, energy uh, so so it's been a, a combination of things that it's making a very challenging economic environment for china and and against this backdrop expectations are that we will see a decline in the one year and the five year uh, long prime rates um today and to some extent the, the big question there is whether we see a 10 basis point decline in the in the one year uh, as well as a, maybe even a bigger decline in the five year so it's a bit of uncertainty whether we see a decline there to four thirty-five or even four thirty,
0: but what difference does that make to us? I mean, if the if you know the if really we look and think, well, what we really want is those ch- China supply lines to be resuscitated, uh, and it's really zero COVID that's holding it up. What difference is a rate cut going to make to that?
1: Well, I suppose it's it's broader than that because China is uh, super important when you think about Australia uh, in terms of the demand for commodities. So it's not just what they supply, but it's also what they buy. Um, and at the moment, that, mm. that weakening backdrop in the economy means that they're going to be buying less of it. So, so that's important to emphasise as well. But in terms of what it means, um, our our assessments of the Chinese uh, struggle, if you like, is that it's not it's not that there's that there's a need for lowering the cash rate uh, in order to instigate an increase in, in in borrowing. At the moment, there's no appetite for borrowing because. Uh, There's no confidence in the economy, uh, and there's a great deal of uncertainty around what's going on with the property market, which is not just about over-leveraged developers, but also about investors and and, uh, mortgage owners that don't want to pay for mortgages and properties that are not not going to be delivered, or there's uncertainty whether they will be delivered. So um, that's where the only solution to this problem, in our view, is that the government needs to step in and provide that confidence to the market that everything is going to be fine. And they need to do that by putting money into it and, and providing security as well. So China has been a bit slow about doing that, but they, they, they are kind of coming around to this idea. We saw uh, last week news that the um, developers will be given, some developers will be given a, a special um, funding in order to make sure that they deliver on those houses Uh, And now the the government is also looking at providing some guarantees as well in order to bring back that confidence. Uh, But certainly a slow moving beast and uh, uh, we just need to be patient.
0: And interesting, a piece in the Wall Street Journal uh, on their website this morning, according to figures from the UN, China has actually increased its share. So here's us thinking the West is trying to wean itself off China. China has increased its share of the value of global exports since the pand- pandemic. So it was 13.2% of all exports in 2019, 15.1% in 2021, uh, which is interesting, whereas the US has gone from 8.6% to 7.9%. So for all their problems, there's still a growing, uh, uh, dominating influence on uh, on international exports. Yeah,
1: So and, and sorry, just to stretch that point, because one of the things that we think about that is that given the, the fact that China has Increases market share, and given the fact that China needs f- find sources of growth. Um It's important to bear in mind that now the global economy is slowing down, so the demand for Chinese goods is also going to slow down inevitably. So this source of growth, if you like, for for China is actually likely to to find a a more difficult backdrop, if you like, uh, over coming months and quarters.
0: Right. Now, on Russia versus Ukraine, Ukraine has managed to strike the Russian Navy HQ in Crimea with a drone attack. Uh, So that was a bit of a surprise and and maybe showing that uh, Ukraine is... uh, you know, got the upper hand for now. There's A car bomb has killed the daughter of one of Putin's allies as well in Moscow, which uh, could show that there's mounting Putin opposition at home, although Putin obviously uh, is going to try and put the spin that Ukraine did it, and therefore maybe he'll become even more aggressive. Uh, but has he got that capability? More concerning, perhaps, uh, Gazprom are now saying that uh, they're going to have to close Nord Stream 1, the pipeline, at the end of this month for routine maintenance. It's interesting. They've got these pipelines all over the place that seem to be functioning rather well. Uh, but just they seem to have a bit of problems with this one. Uh, the, so the question is now: with all this going on, is it going to reopen? Yeah,
1: um, this is again uh, Russia playing games, So if you like, uh, politicizing the, the the gas supply to um, to, to Europe. Um, this is something that we probably should become accustomed to. Um, but certainly, it just exacerbates uncertainties and, and and the economic outlook for 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 Europe as well, um, which is we think one mm. of the reasons why we saw the. You know, the euro head towards one and likely to test parity again. Um, whilst at the same time, we, we need to keep an eye on those geopolitical tensions between, um, uh, Russia and, uh, and the Ukraine, with the Ukraine president also highlighting that, you know, their anniversary is coming, the national anniversary, and, and maybe that, that will be used as a um, an event, if you like, to to, to increase the tensions and, and, and the fighting as well. So not looking great.
0: And North Korea, perhaps getting involved as well, just <laughs> had, had a great deal of, uh, you know, excitement to the whole proceedings. Look, uh, Jerome Powell, of course, at the end of the week at Jackson Hole, uh, he's, he's giving a talk called The Economic Outlook. I wonder, uh, do you think he workshopped that or do you think he came up with it all by himself? Anyway, that does sound <laughs> uh, all-embracing, doesn't it? Before we get to that, uh, then we've got uh, PMIs, particularly for uh, Europe, Europe, and uh, also the PC. the Fed's preferred the inflation measure in the United States as well. They are the two big data releases this week, aren't they?
1: They are. And as you mentioned, in terms of the global PMI, it's a lot of focus on whether we see an extension of that weakening trend that we saw uh, coming from Europe. And, of course, the UK, the UK's resilience. Uh, how long can it last? Uh, mm. that, that's another one that it's, will be important to keep an eye on. Uh, and as you mentioned, the PCE, which will be, I believe, just in front of Fed Uh, Fed Powell's speech on Friday, so so that would be important as well. Very
0: good. Okay, Uh, that's enough for now. Good to talk. Catch you again very soon. Thanks, Rodrigo. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. Seems to be the message, doesn't it? If you're worried about central banks putting uh, interest rates, don't buy so much stuff. Uh, That's it for the morning call for this Monday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you tomorrow morning. Have a great day.